Welcome to the party. Welcome, baby. Welcome. Welcome, baby. Welcome. Welcome to the party. Welcome, baby. Welcome to the potty bung bung. It's your man Claytron, aka the big boss man, aka the clumsy jeweler, cause I'm always dropping gems, aka the milkman, cause I always deliver, aka the PhD of podcasting, the uh, the Magnum PI of podcasting. The list goes on and on. I could do it all day, all month, all week, all year, whatever. Um, we got um, that hump day goodness coming to you right now uh and this is this is a special guest here who uh led quite the interesting life thus far um started off coming out of uh high school went straight into the army um did a little bit of travel after that and um you know explored some other interests and let me tell you this his uh his jessica beale knowledge um unprecedented unprecedented but we'll get into all that shit uh so uh let's uh make it make give a warm welcome to my guest to this hump day episode mr jack litman How's it going, man? Yeah, not bad yourself? Yeah, good, bro. Good, good. Glad your uh, evening opened up because I got stuck in shocking traffic on the way home. <laughs> uh, good old traffic. Yeah. yeah. Fan of that. Yeah. Um, so this will be this will be interesting because I really... Well, we've never met and I know only limited stuff about you through a couple of the boys. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'll uh, sort of lead the way and see see where we can get with it. And um, I mean, you sound like a pretty interesting guy, so I think we'll uh, we'll do all right. Yeah, sick man. Yeah, cool. So um, yeah. So you you were um, you're originally from Adelaide. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I was born in Adelaide, um, and then uh, but I grew up in Darwin. So okay. Like yeah, I was born in the hills, moved up to uh, the NT when I was about six uh, with the fam and. Sort of grew up there until, um, actually, until I joined the army when I was nineteen, and um, that's when I like that was my first sort of step back away from the NT. Okay, and so you get based in um, Edinburgh? Um, no, so uh, oh well, yeah. Eventually, it's sort of like it started out with like obviously like basic training and stuff like that. That was in um, Wagga, and then you go to your um, initial employment training um and for me that was at um in sydney at Moorbank for um engineers and then uh my first posting was actually back up to darwin but i requested that and because it's um not the first priority on most people's list that i was pretty um pretty likely to get that as oh, okay. my preferred posting and so what what were you doing in the army you're an engineer uh combat engineer yeah so like that sort of it sort of covers like a myriad of um, sort of different jobs we can do like bridge building like combat engineers sort of get called in for all the like um, sort of random stuff I guess like yep. if you want to be if you want to be a fiery or a chippy or um, a mechanic or anything you've got to go through or not a mechanic sorry but um, yeah chippy fiery sparky 
um, you've got to go through the combat engineering sort of um, training um, for the most part and then you go off to do your own kind of training. Um, but, yeah, like the things that we cover is stuff like um, just simple sort of clean up and, you know, like uh, machinery, like chainsaws and stuff like that, hyd- hydraulic like power packs and and things like that. Then there's a the bridge building, there's um, demolitions, there's search, like searching for IEDs and clearing minefields. That's in the, like, for the old school. <laughs> yeah. Like, still in the old school, Pam, clearing minefields, but um, that's still in there. And then, like, um, water purification and stuff like that. Kind of like, you know, like, we always, like, the combat engineers always get called in, usually first for stuff like um, cleanups for cyclones and floods. Okay. Because we've got, we've got sort of all that capability and experience to be able to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, and what what made you want to join the Army? Um, man, honestly, I'm a pretty impulsive person, and uh, I was living in Darwin, um, you know, grew up, and I left school for a couple of years by this stage, and I had felt that I was falling into a bit of a rut, and so I literally saw an ad on TV, and I was like, Oh, I could get paid to keep fit. Let's do that. Yeah. That is literally what I thought of and why I joined. I was like, I could do that. Easy. Let's go. Yeah, right. And so, um, yeah, I mean, just a bit of my background as well. I was a um, rehab counsellor out on base at Edinburgh for a couple of years. Oh, yeah. And so, um, yeah, so I I hear a lot of stuff from from guys and once, once they get injured and they... Mine was more psychological, so a lot of them were on their way out at this stage. Um, they they would often say, I'd say, you know, what what made you join the army? And a lot of them would say the same thing, like, you know, keeps you active. And, you know, it's not like I was playing with my toy soldiers and always wanted to be a soldier. I just sort of, you know, yeah. one day signed up. And um, when it gets to the point where they're getting kicked out and it's kind of thankless, they, they get a bit bitter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, it's what, pretty easy to get um, sort of a bit jaded. Yeah. So, did you voluntarily discharge? Uh, yeah, pretty much, man. Like I had done, like my time was a little bit interesting in terms of like I guess my um, my mental capacity to want to be there and motivation to be there. Like when I joined, I I was in a relationship with my first girlfriend, and we were. Probably, uh, I think I was six weeks into basic training and she said, can we, I think we should go on a break, which was a bit comical because I was in another state. So we were on a break, I guess, technically, yeah. physically <laughs> speaking. Um, and so I kind of like, even though it was my first girlfriend, I sort of knew what that meant. Yeah. And um, I was like, she had all her support groups there, you know, all the friends that she'd grown up with. And I was with a group of dudes that I'd known for six weeks. And so I was like, I like was sort of in and out of the office of, you know, the corporals and stuff thinking about bailing. And in the end, I was like, I just sort of stuck by it. But that was sort of, that was like a really rocky start for me to want to be in there. I was just like, all I wanted to do was get back to Darwin and try and sort of fix that relationship. And then I, I was, yeah, sort of jaded from the start and I just didn't want to be there. And I tried to find ways to get out and, um, Obviously, you can't. You've signed the dotted line. How old? Leave. How old were you then? Like a few um, years out of school, twenty. Twenty, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So looking, time. looking back, do you sort of 
see see a difference in in thought and like real uh, I don't know I guess a more realistic view of you know whether that re- relationship would have lasted from such a young age yeah like I, I yeah I sort of look back and I go yeah that wasn't gonna last anyway I guess it was just a bit of a shock because before I left she was saying she had worked out that we could be go de facto and she'd learned all this stuff before I'd even like before I'd even left yeah and I was like wow like this chick's like really came yeah and, um, then it turned out that she wasn't <laughs> it's and a so lot to um handle I guess at a young young age like you know it sounds like a great idea and then I guess when it gets t- t- um, a little bit of time to marinate and stuff it's like whoa that's that's a fucking huge commitment and yeah 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 definitely um so did you deploy yeah yeah I went to Afghan once um in 2012 2013 yeah and so as an engineer do you do you carry weapons yeah, yeah. So we're still, um, you know, we're still on. Well, I guess like there's no real front line in this in these kind of um, wars these days. You know, we're f- fighting enemies that wear civilian clothing, so there's no fronts or anything. Yeah. But as much as I can say that we're on the front line, we're on the front line. Like we were as engineers, our um, sort of primary focus was survivability and movability of um, the infantry. Um, like units that we were attached to so there'd be a group of us that would help um infantry soldiers um conduct their missions as well so we would sort of go out there and search in front of them to make sure that they didn't get blown up we didn't get blown up and we all came home kind of thing yeah and what what year was that uh so i would have been 22 23 yeah actually i had my 22nd birthday Oh, 23rd birthday deployed. Yeah. And was there was there any casualties that year? No, no. no. We had, um, by the time that we uh, got deployed, we were pretty much the, in a retrograde process. So we were handing back or handing over um, bases to either um, Americans or Afghanis. Yeah. So uh, it was relatively quiet, which is sort of, I guess, bittersweet in a way. Like you train for, you train for... Um, you know, you know, well, your career, I guess, for a deployment, you don't want anybody to get hurt, but, um, yeah, you're also sort of like, oh, well, we train for it kind of thing. It's an interesting... Yeah, and you probably get sort of, sort of mentally geared up to to face it all when you're, yeah. you're getting ready to go over there and you're stepping off the plane, you're like, this is it. Yeah. And uh, nothing yeah. happens, so it's a bit, yeah, a bit of a backwards sort of mentality. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, was there was there any action at all? Uh, not for us, really. Like I can't really say. Like there's the deployments before us were riddled. Like yeah, um, the guy, the the units that we were taking over, and and I think the unit before that, they had had some shocking, shocking missions where they'd lost guys going out and still had to conduct the mission and then come back and lost guys coming back and so yeah, I, I cannot say. Um, that we had anything really interesting. And then there was a blue on green or something a couple of years after that as well? Um, uh, or I if think it, it like, might be called a green on blue, I've got my other Yeah, backwards. like we... Um, oh, honestly, I, I can't remember, man. Like, there's... Yeah, I can't. <laughs> yeah, no, that's but, all right. Um, and so when you, when you got back 
from what what year of your four years did you deploy? Um, so that would have been, I guess, year three slash four. Okay, so then you get yeah. back and um, sort of reset, and then it was time you you decided to leave. Well, I actually like out of my time in the army, like after sort of my initial like shaky first year and a half. Um, I had decided I'd like worked out a plan of what I wanted to get out of the army and what I wanted to do and what would make me stay. And there was two courses that I wanted to do. One was either um, combat fitness leader, which was to be possibly moving to being a physical training instructor, yep. or um, to do a, the dive course, which is um, yeah, like basically everything that a, a combat engineer can do on land, he can do in water, like underwater demolitions and search and things like that and um it's a pretty it's a super physically demanding um course and i was all about sort of pushing myself physically so um i tried i i got um through the barrier test three times for that um the first time the course got cancelled because uh there wasn't enough instructors uh the second time i can't remember why it got cancelled and the third time we got replaced by officers Oh, okay. And so I was just like, you know what? I've done my time and you're putting in officers that aren't going to do anything with the skills. Um, I'm out. See ya. <laughs> it's a funny thing, rank in the army. It's just like so outside of this world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did what rank did you end up with? I was just sapper, so I stayed essentially a private. Yeah. The no. equivalent of a private, yeah. Okay. And so when when you left the army, what what was next? Uh, basically travel. I wanted to go, like, it, when you're in the army, it's sort of, uh, it's not impossible, but it's just a bit more of an administration um, uphill shit fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to get um, time, like, enough time off to go and, like, have a decent um, crack at traveling. A couple, like, you know, I knew a couple of guys that took leave without paying and stuff like that, but... Yeah, I just knew that once I'd finished up there that I wanted to go somewhere and um, me and my best mates sort of set our sights on Vancouver, Canada. And how long were you there for? And was that was that for like the uh, the snow? Yeah, yeah, or just like, I, you know what, we, we were sort of like talking about it and it came down to a decision of like, well, where the hell should we go? Uh, how about Canada? We know one guy there, let's go over there. And um, yeah, it was sort of like, yeah, for the snow, just to get out of the country and to see something new that wasn't, um, where we weren't going to be, you know, as our first sort of big trip away, um, we weren't going to run into language barriers, you know, sort of like just to dip dip the toe in in the water kind of thing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so how long long did you go there for? Uh, Yeah, six months we were there for. Six months, um, shit. Did you do any work? Yeah, so um, we were our first, we we sort of joined up with this thing called global work and travel, where you can get you know three different tiers of help, and they basically at the top tier it's like I think twelve hundred bucks, and they set you up with you know a phone, um, your first job, uh, a place to stay, and and you know a couple of other things just to get you sort of off the ground. Yep. Um, in retrospect, <laughs> we could have worked it out ourselves. It's not really that hard. Yeah. Enough, you know, <laughs> whatever like it is what it is um but they hooked us up with our first job which was um as car valets okay and, um, yeah that was actually really sick man like my first my first shift i um drove a like a very 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 new ferrari wow yeah i ticked some serious cars off that list yeah wow that's sick yeah 
Um, so was that where where was the valet service? Was it like a hotel or a club? Yeah, so it was um, it, it was a business that like basically just threw valets out all over the place. So um, sometimes we'd be at hotels. There's um, a steakhouse where um, on one shift um, Bill Clinton showed up. Oh wow! Um, yeah, it's it's Vancouver's nuts, man. Like it, uh, like I guess like you know all the bigger cities in like sort of America and Canada are going to be nuts, but yeah, like um, we were, I did work at the casino. That was probably the, that was the time when I, I probably drove the nicest cars, you know, like Hummers, Escalades, and I drove this guy's Jaguar and he's like, are you sure you know what you're doing? Because I, <laughs> I was shaving, man, and I looked so young. And yeah. He's, he's like throwing his, you know, like $320,000 car that still had the new car smell at me and I'm like, yeah, I've done this. And my heart was beating so terribly fast. Thank, <laughs> thank God it was an auto, uh, like most of those cars are. Yeah, and I just like drove it with the utmost care. But yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Did yeah. you ever have any pranks? Nah, 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 all good. <laughs> Came out of it unscathed. I did ask someone one time, I was like, so we have insurance on us, right? And they're like, ha yeah, if you want a job, don't do anything bad. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> Did you so? What did you What did you take from that trip? Um, well, I guess I actually put myself in a really difficult situation before I left. I um, entrusted the remaining amount of cash that I had left over from my Afghan trip to a friend of mine to get his business started, which I'm still trying to get back. Oh no! Um, yeah, it's been uh, so. Like I basically went over there broke, um, which was like another steep learning curve because the rent was like a little bit higher than, well we're living downtown so it was actually quite a lot higher than here or you know in sort of the suburbs of most Australian cities and um, but the the minimum wage was like 10 bucks 10 bucks an hour yeah oh it's a stitch up yeah it's ridiculous so um, you know I, I learned that I can really I could work three jobs if I need to and that I can get a heck of uh, like a heck of a lot done with um some motivation behind me and that I can um, still party <laughs> in yeah. between um, working all these jobs, which is, uh, yeah, I feel like that's a good skill. But yeah. mind you, it probably disappears with age. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Surely you're getting some pretty impressive tips from these Ferrari guys. Um, actually, the the best job I had, um, like, because I wasn't doing, like, there was no way I was, we were going to stay afloat just doing that. Because, um, you know, like, we did get, Oh, some nights you walk away with you know an extra hundred bucks, but that's like a hundred and eighty bucks for an eight-hour shift. It's yeah. still sort of peanuts um, in the grand scheme of things. Um, but one night, uh, me and my mate went out, and we ended up like long story short, we went to a club that was meant to be cooking, and the guy said, oh, "I'll come back at 12. So we went to another place, met the owner. He took us under his wing, decided that he wanted to adopt us as his Australian sons. He took us around, like we didn't pay for a drink the whole night, um, took us to his champagne lounge and it was just a wild night. We met all these club owners and everything of which I remember nobody's names <laughs> and um, at like 2am he's like, so you want to work for me? And we're like, uh, yeah, like the, the women in that place were unbelievable and it was just a really fun atmosphere. So. Uh, we ended up getting jobs at the Champagne Lounge just because we wanted to go out on a Thursday night, and that was where I like I scored like pretty sweet tips. You know, like I'd walk away with a couple hundred bucks extra a night 
some yeah, nights. Nice. Yeah, that's sort of what helped me through. Yeah. And yeah. so, what? Tell me more about this um, this friend and his business. Yeah, so um, I, I'm not. I probably can't say a lot, but um, it was yep. a clothing label. Um, he, uh, yeah, basically asked asked to borrow some money, of which I naively gave him because I was like, oh, you know, like I'm I'm nice, so the rest of the world must be nice. Yeah, you know, I was, and like um, I wanted to get into fashion, you know, like that sort of um, interested me, and um, he had. You know, he had a lot of things to. I th- honestly, in in my gut, I, I feel like he really did start out from an, an honest perspective. Um, he told me that he got screwed over by people that he asked to make samples for in um, China. But you know, I take it with a pinch of salt. He's he's still um, a dirtbag. He hasn't paid me back. But uh, yeah, that put a big strain on my life just you know it's it's a real big drop to come from being 23 and a war veteran with no debt to broke in debt like a lot more than what i was before and no job yeah it's um stark contrast and so um yeah it's been a pretty long road to recovery in terms of just building up like my own idea of myself and like being like, it's okay, you know, money doesn't make a person kind of thing. Yeah. And that, I guess as well with the, the army being your sort of, um, you know, for like profe- first career really yeah. out of school that, you know, you don't really get so much of a sense of self in that atmosphere either. So mm-hmm. that's something that's probably, yeah, hard to, hard to deal with, especially when, you know, maybe that money did become a part of your uh, identity and then it's all gone and it's like, well, now what? Yeah, very much so, yeah. So, I can agree with that. So what did you do when you got back from Canada? Um, basically, I was depressed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, um, not doing so good, but I, you know, when we got to Canada, we sort of like um, basically just made rain on Craigslist with our resumes. So I was like, well, that works before. I'm just going to give that a crack. Again, um, that's when I ended up signing up with uh, Workpack or re-signing up with Workpack. I ended up doing labouring and um, I scored I scored um, getting signed with Finesse um, Models in Adelaide and then it was just kind of like um, a case of like, I will take whatever work comes my way, like whatever I can do. And, you know, with the support of like my housemates at the time, one of whom I deployed with, um, you know, I was able to sort of get to my feet, so to speak. Right. So, and how did you get that first contract with Finesse? Um, that was basically through a friend of well, like one a friend of mine um, sort of said I should give it a crack, and we'd started doing it a little bit in Vancouver. Um, I like we were doing some background acting. Um, and got on a couple TV shows, and that was pretty cool. And so I had a few headshots to sort of go in with. Okay. Um, and then yeah, you know, you pay to do their, pay pay to do their like modelling course, and they teach you sort of the ins and outs of 
of like how to walk and stuff like that, which is surprisingly a really weird thing to do. Like you, someone tells you, all right, show me how you walk. And you're like, shit, man, how do I walk? Like, yeah. is this right? <laughs> like now someone's watching me walk and, and you like, yeah, it's funny. But um, yeah, so like I sort of did their two day course and then they signed me and um, it's just a case of like waiting for work to roll through. And yeah, in the meantime, I was laboring. Okay. And, and is that sort of what brought you across to uh, Brisbane? Um, no, actually it was, so I guess once, I guess I got back to, when I, I got back to Adelaide in sort of June, July-ish, um, of 2004, 2014, yeah, and, um, yeah, just sort of trying to get back on my feet, as I said, and then, um, I ended up getting, uh, getting another job at, um, in Rundle Mall, like at a diesel boutique, did that for a little bit. And then, um, my friend that I'd originally gone to Canada with was like, man, I got to go back. I feel like I've got unfinished business. I've, I've got to do it. And he went back. And so I'm seeing all this, sh- all this shit that he's posting on Instagram and Facebook and it's giving me the itch. I chatted to my mom I was, and she basically took the weight of my loan and, um, I was, cause I still had my, um, I still had my visa, like from the first time, like because they give you two years. Yeah. And so I went back over, and um, that's when I sort of met um, my now ex-girlfriend, and uh, then like I guess the last two years of being back and forth uh, um, from here to Vancouver, and we sort of broke up um, in what was it like about a year ago, just under a year ago. And um, my, my, this same guy that I went to Canada with was like, well, I just bought a house, so do you want to come to Brisbane? And I was like, all right, yeah, sweet. Maybe a change of city would be good. Yeah. So, I, yeah, so now I'm, I've been up here for, you know, like 10 months, I guess, now. And you're modelling and, and acting up there? I'm doing modelling not so much. The, like, um, model scene is, like, real, uh, what's the word? Not very... Um, lucrative as like what it is in Adelaide I think like because people are happy to do it here for peanuts like oh okay like the idea of it so you know not to say that like I am Brad Pitt or anything like that but like I'm not gonna drive down to the Gold Coast to work for you know 15 bucks an hour which is like honestly that's sometimes what you're getting yeah right and like once you put in like once you put into the perspective of like fuel and and time time um, and the amount of trips that you've got to go down there and everything it's just not not worth it so I've sort of put that on the back burner and music is music is the thing that I'm focusing on right now um, acting a little bit like if if I can get um, like a commercial I've, I'm still doing sort of auditions for commercials and small parts um, in TV series um, just because like they pay really well and you know it's just a day here or a day there yeah and usually they're shot around brisbane so like it's pretty close okay and uh so in vancouver you said you you got you managed to get on a couple of tv shows like as background actors were they like big shows like what were they yeah we did um oh was we did uh so channing tatum's ex-wife um jenna jenna dewan yep i think that's her name yeah hot as fuck yeah <laughs> um, yeah she had a show called witches of east end and um like actually 
brush past her in one of the scenes so I didn't wash that arm for like a week yeah, um, yeah and then I guess uh, another couple of shows were um, I think I was, I was on that a, f- a few times I was on a Hallmark movie that was pretty funny just as a best man which is really odd because that was the first wedding I'd gone to it was a fake wedding in Vancouver for a movie <laughs> uh, <laughs> and for, for a Hallmark movie was it yeah. really um like when when you watch them you like it's really harsh lighting and like oh, weird yeah. angles and stuff was it was the was that di- like a different feel to the other um the other show like technically it definitely felt like um it oh, i don't know how to explain it it felt soft like it felt soft and family oriented yeah, it did like <laughs> it just had this vibe in the air of just like, oh, this is nice. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Um, oh yeah, and then Arrow, we're on Arrow a few times. Oh, okay, wow. Yeah, so that's cool. Just as like, I think in one one time we got um, we were meant to be inmates that got like gassed and turned into controllable zombies or angry people. I don't know. And we're like walking across a bridge and at like three in the morning. Oh yeah, and I zombie. Yeah, it was in the first the pilot episode for iZombie. Oh, okay. People jumping into a lake. Oh, dude, people are jumping into a lake repeatedly for this one shot, at and it's like peak winter. Oh. Like just and it was meant to be like a summer scene. So girls are in like, oh, I I felt cold looking at them. I was cold and I was in like you know regular clothes, but man. These guys are jumping into a lake in Vancouver in winter. Yeah, nah, forget that. Yeah, nah, it was not. <laughs> it didn't feel good to watch. Yeah. That's a <laughs> that pretty, pretty solid little resume, though. Yeah, it was cool. It was, it was just wicked to see how, how things, like, um, happen behind the scenes on these sort of big productions. And I guess now, like, after being on a few productions here, just to see the comparison and, like, what people work with. And it's really cool because... You know, in the Hallmark movie, I guess, there was a lot of, like, there was, there's, or even the TV shows, like, there's a lot of work and there's a lot of people, um, a lot of cast and crew that are working their butts off to make these things happen. But then also, I've been on, like, a couple small productions here where it's not that many people in there still turning out some really quality content. Yeah. And it's just really exciting to see that the technology is putting people in a position where they can do some really cool stuff with not a lot of people and money, you know, spent to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I've heard from a few different, um, you know, actors and stuff. Um, and just like from reading interviews, they, uh, the crew is just like the hardest working people you will ever meet. They'll never oh, be, man. never ever be late. They've always got, you know, if you get, you, you, you know, you're supposed to be wearing a white shirt and you get 15 of them, um, dirty. There's, there's a, there's always a 16th in your size or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. Dead set, man. They're, um, they're unbelievable. The, the industry would not happen without them. Yes. They're, they're such legends and they're just like, okay, go. Okay. Stop. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's insane. Like, yeah, they're they're amazing. And what? So, what kind of music are you are you into at the moment? What like what are you doing? Um, like my, uh, like I'm getting. I'm trying to take a lot of inspiration from as many different places as I can. Mm-hmm. I think like when I started out, um, 
with like the first song I guess I wrote that I was like pretty happy with that I kind of put out on SoundCloud was Made of Stars. Um, that was produced by uh, Scott Cavanaugh. Shameless plug. Okay. He's a legend. He did a really good job of that. But um, I, it was like I guess it's real easy listening, kind of Jack Johnson vibes. You know, chill by the beach on a Sunday with a cider. Um, or like you know, go for a cruise with the top down. You know, it's it's pretty easy listening. since then but I'm definitely like listening to the stuff like the more recent stuff that I've written as compared to that song um, I yeah there's different messages and uh, like I guess um, more maturity shown I think in my melodic choice yeah I'll but I will always go back to that like it's always it's where I I guess um, my heart is kind of thing and it's where I see it just that nice, easy listening, uh, like rainbows and butterflies kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Amidst all the, the Hall- rest of the stuff that's going in the world. Hallmark. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, and did you, um, oh, do you do any live gigs? Um, so I, no, not at the moment. I yeah. was like gigging um, a buttload when I was um, back in Adelaide, basically trying to work down my debt so I could be with my girlfriend um i was probably at the peak i was doing five gigs a week and then working monday to saturday laboring it was um a pretty intense time but when i got when i sort of moved to brisbane um i found that i found a guy that um was able to help me out booking gigs but um after probably my like post-relationship depression of a few months um I started thinking about recording and every time they called me up, it would be like a Wednesday, you know, a Tuesday, Wednesday, sometimes Thursday, he'd ask me to do a gig and I'd be like, yeah, no worries. I would get, I'd start to get sick like immediately as soon as I get off the phone. And it happened like four or five weeks in a row. And I was sort of like, okay, that's really weird that this keeps happening. I don't know what brought it to my attention, but like I was like, maybe I need to focus on me now. It's yeah. Been like a few years of like all this sort of all this learning and all this other stuff that's going on in my life, and I've sort of kept music going, and it's still been an, an integral part of my life, but I hadn't put the spotlight on it, and um, so I I stopped gigging and started writing and um, thinking about recording and putting those sort of um, plays into action. Yeah. Nice. And so, do you have? a upcoming project or anything planned i i do so um i'm recording at the moment my ep which is super exciting um i'm jumping back in the studio this thursday to um hash out like um a couple of things that i want to change and hopefully get basically it almost finished and then um i'm jumping back in the studio to 
do any last minute changes or you know re-recordings or additions on the 28th so i'm hoping i'm hoping that with everything going to plan that um you know like mid next month there'll be a ep out with my name on it yeah nice and do you have do you have anything on the radio or anything at the moment no no, no nothing nothing as of yet um uh, but hopefully soon <laughs> cool all right well before i let you go yeah, do, you, do you have a charity that you um, support or uh, that you identify yeah, yeah. with? Yeah. The um, the Australian Conservation Foundation, the ACF. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, deposits are, uh, like deposit monthly to them, and also Greenpeace. But I I like the ACF. Um, they sort of they're like, what's the word? I guess like more all encompassing of like really conserving our our wildlife and and nature and um fighting against the bullshit adani mine and stuff like that you know yeah and um do you hear about this shit with the uh great barrier reef oh my god the sludge yeah Yeah. oh i can't i like uh, i can't no words man yeah it does it it just doesn't make fucking sense not at all like it's like that's actually the nail in it like if i feel like they're trying to kill it like adani was going to be that the great barrier reef was going to be the main thoroughfare for all the ships and now they want to pour sludge into it it's like it's dying already and people have even like um worked out how to like regrow the coral so it's got a chance yeah like even though it's been pronounced dead for you know however many years but like what the hell, man? Like, I, uh, uh, yeah, I just couldn't believe my ears when when I heard that. Like, it just of, of all the places, like, what it just doesn't yeah. make sense. It doesn't. Yeah. Like, I mean, we've got some pretty big deserts, hey? Like, yeah. What? Or like, there's <laughs> like deeper is. water, like everywhere. Like, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. But anyway, we uh, I play a game with all my uh, guests. Uh, okay. So if you win, you. Uh, get the chance for us to donate um, to to the charity of your choice, which is the okay. ACF. So what we're going to play is a game called Jessica Beale of Fortune. <laughs> so um, <laughs> uh, it's basically like Hangman. Okay. Uh, and every letter that you guess costs you $5. So um, you start at 50 Okay. And every letter that you guess costs you $5 and then whatever you're left with at the end, uh, welcome to the potty will donate to uh, the ACF uh, okay, on your sick. behalf. So um, the the movie, it's a it's a movie name of um, okay. Jessica Biel. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the, uh, the plot of the movie. Okay. A Las Vegas magician who can see into the future is pursued by FBI agents seeking to use his abilities to prevent a nuclear terrorist attack. Oh, I think I've got this. You've is it re- next? Yeah, is it next? You've got it! You've got it in one! Alright. 50 bucks. I'm not, I, you know what, I'm going to, I'll change that. I'm going to put that to 60 bucks because you did zero guesses. 60 bucks. To the ACF. Wow. Um, 
Unprecedented. No one's done that before. <laughs> Good old Nicholas Cage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, awesome. Classic. All right, well, thanks heaps for your time, man. Yeah, not a problem, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, and, uh, yeah, let us know if you, if you come back to Adelaide and we, we'll go get a beer or something. Yeah, killer. Sounds good, man. All right, yeah, awesome. Thanks heaps for that, man. Cheers, dude. Take it easy. Jesus Christ, dude. Talk about a guy that can do it all, man. Fucking engineer in the army to uh, valet to fucking actor, singer, songwriter, bloody model. Christ. Watch out, ladies. Um, Man, what an interesting guy, man. That was fun and enjoyable and uh, very nice dude. Very easy to talk to, man. I uh, wouldn't mind having him back on the show again to to just uh, shoot the shit, talk some shit about current events and all this. You know how we do here at the Welcome to the Potty podcast. But be, uh, before I let you guys go on this wonderful hump day, um, let's uh, let's get into Clay's reviews. Comedy, action, or horror? Will this movie win an Oscar? Set design, directing, acting, lighting, or costumes. This segment is Clay's reviews. Okay, so uh, it was a long weekend this weekend, and boy, was it long. Got after it. Uh, got after it with Flash 89 on Saturday. Um, oh, I didn't even tell you guys. I uh, I bought a new car. But we'll talk about that next weekend because I'm actually going to pick it up. But um, got after it with Flash 89 on Saturday. Got after it with Rachie B on Sunday. And then on the, on the day off on Monday, me and Rachel were just chilling here. And we decided to go to movies. And um, we saw uh, The King of Thieves uh, starring... Michael Caine. My name is Michael Caine. But you might know me best as Batman's butler. Um, and he, he talks like this and he was a little bit rough around the edges in this one. I'll fucking kill him if it's the last thing I fucking do. And I was like, Jesus, Alfred, take it easy. But, um, nah, cool little heist film, and you know me, you know the boss man, and you know, here at the Welcome to the Party podcast, we have a big soft spot for a true story, and this was based on true events, and, uh, I won't, I won't get into it too much, the actual story of it, but basically it was a bunch of old dudes that lived a life of crime, and, um... You know, they, it's all they knew, it's what they did it for, they just, uh, that was their thing. Um, and they got together for another heist in their, you know, what, fucking late 60s maybe, or mid 60s. Um, they were just old fucking dudes and they pulled off this, uh, robbery, um, sort of, they sort of pulled it off. Um, and, uh, yeah, a lot of fucking funny business, um, came into it. There was a bit of disloyalty and all this. Um, and it was a cool story, but I just, uh, I don't know. It wasn't, you know, wasn't the best fucking thing I've ever seen. It was entertaining enough. It had the English humor and wit about it, which I always love in, in all those fucking movies, but 
I'll tell you this. Um, yeah, it wasn't nothing special, man. But uh, six out of ten. Um, if you're hungover like I was and you just need something easy to watch, this is the perfect movie, man. There was no big emotions happening and no, uh, you know, n- nothing too much to focus on. So um, six out of ten, man, for them. Um, make sure you guys have a, a a happy, happy hump day. Enjoy yourselves. Uh, be 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 safe out there. And you know where to find us. It's welcome to the party on everything. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. Hit the fucking share button. Um, follow Jack Littman on uh, on Instagram. I think his Instagram is Litters. You'll see it in the episode description from Money Maker Mitch. Uh, you'll see Jack's handsome face. And, you know, you'll see me back again um, ASAP, bro. So, it's welcome to the potty. As always, bung bung.